How's it haunting, everybody? My name is Chris, and this is the How's It Haunting Podcast. Welcome back. Hope everybody had a safe and happy Halloween. We're going to change things up a little bit this week. I have Vanessa calling in with some information on Day of the Dead. And I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Here is my call with Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa, how's it haunting? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Here to discuss... The Day of the Dead. Yes, Dia de los Muertos. Ah, see, I like the way you say it better. It's that whole Spanish thing. Yeah, I'll get it down one day. You know, practice makes perfect. That's all you can do. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm a playwright. I specialize in writing about Latinx, Latina, Latino culture through modern eyes. One of my most recognized pieces that was based in a Day of the Dead folklore. So, it's been this pet project, long-term research and a passion project of mine way back in, you know, pre-pandemic times. <laughs> Remember when you could shake hands? That was awesome. That was amazing. I can, like, talk to people. Actually, I never liked um, shaking hands. I'm kind of one of those weird ones because some people are fine. You ever shake somebody's hand? Dude, I wish I just did not touch your hand. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what's worse than people who don't like to shake hands or the huggers? You just come in straight for the hug. Oh, and they just dive right uh, in? Yeah. Yeah, see, I used to be a technician and I had customers that went in for the hug Dude, I'm just here to fix your internet. <laughs> we don't even you know, have that some, relationship. Some people are very grateful for their internet. <laughs> Believe me. You know, that's fine. Why don't you go hug the people that pay for it in your there house? There you go. That's probably is them. <laughs> probably. <laughs> okay, so Day of the Dead, um, or as you say it. Dia de los Muertos. So much better. Where did it come from? How's it going? How do you celebrate it? Uh, where it came from, it has its origins in the Mesoamerican indigenous areas of Mexico and Yucatan. The Aztecs and the Nahual, and please I apologize for all the bad pronunciation of any Aztec that... I'm with you there. I can, I can I'm going to try really hard, guys. That's all we can do. don't hold it against me. No, um, she's fine. It's, it's going to be like that on this end, I'll tell you that right now. The indigenous and Mesoamerican cultures between 1500 and 1521 BC started to recognize the duality of life and death through these death rituals. And a lot of it was in celebration of the Aztec god and goddess of death. And I cannot pronounce their names for the life of me, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, with Aztec, it's a little hard. So this is Mick, the god of death. Mick? Uh, and like Mick Jagger? The the... No, it, it's quite long. Oh. It's Mick Tan Tequil. It's, it's this really interesting language, this mixed tech kind of language of guadal stops and things that I can't pronounce correctly. But we're going to call him Mick for now. Do you want to pause and try it again, or you just want to go with Mr. <laughs> Let Mick? Let me see. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Mick. Because okay. I just, for the life of me, I cannot pronounce his name. I mean, not as if we were around, you know? I know. I'm fine with it. People go to college and pay to learn how to pronounce that stuff. Yeah. Mr. Mick and Mrs. Mick Sweet. Uh, live in in the uh, Aztec underworld of Miklan. Miklan is the Aztec underworld where they have their dominion. Similar to a lot of other retellings of, you know, afterlife um, and that it has nine different levels for the soul to travel through until they reach Miklan, which is the paradise. Oh, God. That um, seems and the like soul a lot of work. I know, but you know, they were warriors. Aztecs were warriors. They were not peaceful people. Okay, they, but uh, what about me? Can we have one level? Does it still have to be that so, way? No, so there are loopholes oh, sweet. to get to paradise. For those who had normal death, old age and disease, Hell yeah. or non-heroic death, you know, such as people who were murderers or, you know, were seen as non-heroic, mm. 
those are the people who had to travel through the nine different levels of the underworld to reach Mikulan or the paradise where the soul found peace. Okay. Now, souls worthy to bypass all these levels were those who died in heroic deaths. Warriors who died in battle, women who died in childbirth, Mm -hmm. and children who died prematurely. So if you were any of those three categories or seen as those categories, you went straight to Mikulan and didn't have to go through those nine different levels. Oh, so you got to take Um, the express. Yeah, the express route. If you were a good person or if your soul was this clean. Or if you were a sacrifice to the gods. Because back then they did still do human sacrifice. So if you were able to bypass it, you got to go straight to the paradise. The Aztecs believe in a cyclical nature of the universe. So everything was in a cycle similar to their Aztec calendar it's a, a big circle and that when you get to paradise at some point you will go through one more time and, and possibly be reborn but there isn't a lot of research that I found about being reborn the the cyclical nature of the universe seems to fit within that parameter of belief so if you're good or you die a good death then you go straight express past paradise but if you're yes. bad you have to go through like program not if you're bad let's say you know Mr. Aztec Stan had a heart attack um, that's a normal way to die so he didn't die in battle. He didn't die a non-heroic death. He still has to prove that his soul is worthy to reach paradise. Mm. So you got to wait so in line. It's like he you died of a heart attack. You got to wait in line, pal. Yeah. Okay. If, now, what if you um, are bad? Where do you go? What if you are bad? You still have to go through the nine levels. It just takes longer? Yeah. So everybody goes to the same place. Everybody gets to go to paradise. Yes. That's the goal. And I I read somewhere, I read somewhere, it's like seven years. It's like a seven year cycle for the soul to reach paradise, unless you are in a fast pass situation. Unless you have the fast Um, pass? Yes, unless you have the fast pass. I get the fast pass. (laughs) So once you get to the fast pass, then Mr. Mick and Mrs. Mick, Uh the god and the goddess of the dead, they have their specific roles to watch over you. So Mr. Mick watches over the heroes and the, the sacrifices and a lot of the people who have come through the nine levels and the normal or non-heroic death. So he's got most of the men or the normal death. Mrs. Mitt, she has dominion over the woman who died in childbirth and the children. And her role is also to watch over the bones of the dead and preside over the ancient festivals of the dead. So here's where the actual ritual via those Muertos kind of starts to burn and bubble and starts to synthesize. Because she then becomes the symbol known as the Katrina, which is the, the fancy lady with the feather skeleton lady that people mostly recognize as like a Day of the Dead symbol mm-hmm. or a Dia de los Muertos symbol. So that's moving forward many centuries with the Spanish invasion into Mesoamerica and explorers, quote unquote, conquering the area. <laughs> the, uh, the colonization of the Catholic Church is really what changed the indigenous rituals into acceptable rituals that the church could recognize, such as All Souls Day and All Saints Day, which by the Catholic Church All Souls Day recognized baptized souls in lieu of funereal rite that had not been developed until the 11th century. All Saints Day, which recognized martyrs and saints that had died for the church. And so once those holidays became accepted by the Catholic Church, then it became an okay thing for the evangelical missionaries, I could be the right term, that were living in central Mexico and, and the Yucatan Peninsula to then accept these death funerals as something that was 
okay. It was basically a way for the Catholic Church to kind of like bridge the gap between the indigenous rituals and the Catholic Church in a way that would bring more people into the church and keep colonizing that way. So today, we recognize Dia de los Muertos on All Souls and All Saints Day, which is November 1st and November 2nd. Now, the cool thing about knowing where it comes from is it starts to make all the symbols and the iconography, what we know of the holiday today, give it some really nice rooted beginnings and foundations. One of the ways that people celebrate Dia de los Muertos throughout the world is building ofrendas or altars, which is basically a way to offer up offerings to the dead to entice them to come and visit you. The reason that we celebrate an All Souls Day and All Saints Day is because those are the days that Mr. Mick and Mrs. Mick open up the gate. <laughs> of paradise for the souls to go back and visit their family. Day of the Dead in most Western civilizations up until about a few years ago was seen as kind of, by those who didn't understand it, as a way to celebrate the dead. And really it's a way to celebrate someone's life. Mm -hmm. You sit and you offer up things that they would like to drink or things that they'd like to eat put up pictures, and you really sit and it's, a, it's days that you dedicate to remember their life. It's, it's a time of remembrance, not so much a day to celebrate how they left this, this plane of existence, but really how they lived in this plane of existence. And so the altar itself can become a symbol, and it's usually a multi-tiered area in the house. It generally consists of three levels. Can it be First, four? It can be as many as you want. Because I want 12 for me personally. I want 12. Okay. And, and, and you, you tell the wife, like, look. Or the kids, or the grandkids, or whatever. Look, I want twelve levels. I, I want, want a level levels. of everything. If you don't, if you don't know me on twelve <laughs> levels, man, you didn't know me at all. Because I can have like a bunch of stuff. It's all my paranormal interests for one, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. a shelf of like Kevin Smith movies because that's got to be in there, there too. And then you know all the all the cool music from the nineties, all the Batman movies, all the yeah, all the Bat. Well, I don't know if I want to include the Clooney, but Batman and Robin all right. is part all right. of it. Acceptable. Yeah. yeah. See, so so, you know, we already got like, what, that's four levels. Um, <laughs> and I'll just, and if they get a level wrong, I'm going to haunt the fuck out of you because you screwed well, so, up big time. When so that shelf gets thrown off, that's the one that's wrong. So here's where it gets interesting. Now you have to choose where you're going to put it on each level. So the first level, the top level is called Los Cielos or the heaven. And that's usually where the person who passed, that's where their picture belongs. Oh, yeah. Or the, the biggest memento that you have of them, that's where it belongs. And most remembrance that you have of them, physical. Sometimes it's, it's depicted in like, an arch or under garlands of marigolds and there's another way to pronounce that in the Mesoamerican ways I just will never get right <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like sempa, sempa suhiu or something like that I'm sure someone can pronounce it way better than I can there you go um, but that's the top level the second level of the altars is usually it's what's called la piedra or the earth level and it's divided into four points so this is where you can get kind of cheesy and where you let your stuff go it's divided into the four points first point the universe is the east I'm generally people who die with elements that have to do with water. So like maybe someone who passed away in a rainstorm or a drowning usually has to do with the color blue or spring. That's the eastern quadrant of the altar. The western quadrant of the altar is for women who died fighting for their life in childbirth. Um, they're related to autumn, the colors red and fire. This is a very passionate thing that they've done. The north are the most common people or the people who died non-heroic death and their elements are blue then there's the south and those are for the souls of warriors or of babies who have died their colors are related to summer or green 
which is a lot of the reasons why most Day of the Dead altars or ofrendas are very colorful and they're very vibrant and bright. It's to honor the, the different ways that people have passed or the different directions that their souls might have gone as a way to, you know, entice them to come back and visit. And then the final level of altar is the lowest level is the underground and that's where incense, sage, seeds, food, fruit, anything that would entice them to come back to earth to visit or things that they could take with them on their journey back to the underworld. Stuff that's got a lot of smell because the Aztecs believed that the flower petals of the marigolds and the smell of the marigolds were what guided the souls back to earth. Candles and salts were ways of purifying the area to keep bad spirits away and only invite good spirits in. I got to tell you, that wouldn't work for me. Like if you want no? to entice me to come back, put like a plate of barbecue. Cause well, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be anything you want. It could be barbecue. I, you. Yeah, if I smell incense, I'm not even. You know, you want light some light some weed or something. Put a joint down there. You know, get a rolling. I mean, get a rolling and put it down there. Totally work for you. I would come you back and like, sure. hey, what is going on over here? Hey guys. <laughs> A rolly and some maker's mark in your set. Yeah, that's it. That's all I need. And they'd be like, hey, how's it haunting? I'm like, well, glad you asked. <laughs> Pretty much. So that's like the basics of how to build an, art, uh, an altar and where that comes from. But it also comes from, again, those different levels of the underworld and what they represent to the soul passing through. That is wonderful. I like that. Uh-huh. That is so cool. Another part of the iconography, of course, the calaveras or the skeletons or sugar skulls, uh, the catrinas and stuff like that. And that's based in the indigenous rituals of celebrating life and death but it has again been synthesized through media in a different ways not just our current media but back in the turn of the century during the mexican revolution the calaveras got synthesized through those artists and uh caricaturists and cartoonists as a way to satirize European culture and European ideals during the time of the Mexican Revolution. So it became more of a political statement. Jose Guadalupe Posada, who lived between 1851 and 1913, and he was known primarily for his satirical and politically acute Calavera drawing. And so what he was doing is he was taking the iconography of a skeleton and mixing it up with ideals of the European culture in a way to make the Mexican public, the general Mexican public, the ones who were not wealthy, the ones who were fighting the revolution, aware of the ideals that they were striving for. Was it really Mexican or was it something that was put upon them? And that's where the uh, original drawing of the Katrina came from, which is the skeleton woman with the big Victorian wide-brimmed hat and the feathers on top. Mm -hmm. It was a way to satirize how these people live. It was questioning the general public, is this how you want to live? Is this what you want to do? Do you want to be put upon by this colonial empire or do you want to live as Mexican? And other caricatures that he made was a caricature of the vejito which is like the old mexican skeleton man he's usually kind of humped over Mm -hmm. um sometimes has like a serape over one shoulder and then it got extrapolated from there Ooh, big word extrapolated and extrapolate from there for other for sake of a better word stock characters you know there's the bandito skeleton male with bandoliers and he's like the mexican revolutionist or the mariachi calavera who is this you know the musician or the Katina who's a bit younger who's more of like the sultry senorita type lady these are all the iconographies skeleton. yeah the hot one <laughs> this all came from <laughs> jose guadalupe's posada critical on you know the burgeoning 
Mexican culture during the turn of the century in 19, 1910 to 1913 before you pass, which is what we know today, modern Day of the Dead images. Is that your dog? Yeah, that's Chewy. <laughs> Chewy. Well, no, it's okay. Luke, Luke makes a lot of noise too. Chewy interrupted your flow. He totally did. Now I'm, I'm like, like I don't I'm... know where I'm at. So have you ever encountered this holiday on your own or been to any like local festivals or experienced anything of this holiday? Well, we've, uh, we've never celebrated in the house, but it's something that we always enjoyed, you know, hearing mm-hmm. about. It's all fascinating. We just never, never devoted enough time to educate ourselves on exactly what to do, how to handle it. Do I bring this celebration into my house? Is it something that I may regret by playing with something I don't know about? Where does it lie in the spectrum of oh this is just a practice to celebrate people that have passed to like oh don't do that because like you know Ouija board status so we never really just educated ourselves on the holiday mm-hmm. itself yeah I've, we've, I've heard about it obviously there's a very popular children's movie about it that we watched <laughs> there's a few there's and, a few of them and I'm talking about the really popular one and Eleven had a lot of questions that I couldn't answer so I had like oh hang on a second pal let me uh, go get something to drink and then you whip out your phone and you're like oh hey <laughs> all the answers for you man so yeah i mean that's kind of how it went uh he really likes the idea and he's been talking to me about it uh a lot lately because he's getting older and this Mm -hmm. this uh day of the dead he wants to do something for you know my pops because you know we have we have his ashes here we always have his picture here i always talk to the boys about him you know they say person dies twice when he breathes his last breath and someone mentions their name for the last time you were reading my mind you were reading my mind (laughs) there. Actually, we're there and mexicans the aztec mexicans believed in three deaths to correct you they believed in first the physical death when the soul leaves the body the second death when the soul reaches paradise and is you know at rest and the third death is when there's no one left to remember you mm, um, see. and the thing and so the- that why a lot of people are kind of latching onto this thing that's been around for years and years and years centuries but uh it's really interesting to kind of see it through someone else's eyes younger generation's eyes mm-hmm. and how important or unimportant it is to them and the most important thing that i'm taking away from this is that um because this is my podcast you can't correct me i'm just going to edit that out and say it like it was my idea <laughs> No, I'm kidding. We all need. No, to- we were just we were synthesizing. That's what we're we, doing. Exactly. We we're, were synergizing. We we all need to be educated, and it's good when people. Because <laughs> I mentioned in one of the episodes, like, don't send me any emails. I was kidding about that. If you want to correct me and send me emails and say, "Hey, Chris, I got some information," for I, you, feel free. I love how catty you are on your on your responses to the email. I love how catty you are with yourself. You'll say something, and then you'll be like. No, never mind. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to know what, when you can joke with yourself and when you can't. It makes everything you know, just a lot more interesting. Life is sweeter that way. You're not always going to really be is. right. It is way too exhausting to try and be right. Trust me, I try to do that in my 20s. Now, I just I like I rather be wrong because I can say something and somebody comes and say, "Hey, um, this is actually how it goes." You're like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll just do it that way from now on." Because if I get it wrong again, I blame you. Yeah, and then you, you learn to shift the blame. And like nobody gets it. <laughs> That's only a dad thing. I'm yeah. going to shift the blame shift to the you. Yeah, I don't want to do it. 
<clears throat> that's beautiful. I, I like the three deaths better, to be honest, because it's it's a little longer. You know, you get a little more time. It's a little longer. You get more time. And I'm all um, for I'm all for time. This is why I do it. Everybody wants to be remembered for something. I'm gonna be the guy that that started a podcast about ghosts. There you go. One Legacy. of the many thousands. Of, to be fair, though, it's this is not just a ghost podcast. This is a paranormal no. podcast. So if if you have right. a day of the Bigfoot, you know, thing you want to call in and talk to me about, I'll take I'll take Bigfoot stories too. I'll, I'm I'll not really experienced in Bigfoot. It's not in your wheelhouse. Huh? Not my wheelhouse. That's okay. I'm gonna stick to the Mexican skeleton. But you know, if I ever get a hankering, definitely give you a call. There's a podcast for that. <laughs> it's this one, by the way. It's this one. That's what I, that's what I hear. I hear there's a podcast yeah. for that. Yeah, it's this one. <laughs> so that's where it originated, and that's where mm-hmm. it's kind of going. So as far as the three deaths, where do you see it going from there? So that's kind of the three deaths is kind of where it originated for me in college. I was approached by a fellow director. I, I was a writer. I said, hey, I have the space. I have this idea. We need a script. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, first of all, when do you need to buy and what do you want it to be about? And she was all, well, I'm kind of thinking two weeks. It's got to be a late night thing. I'm thinking of Alice in Wonderland, but maybe Day of the Dead. And at this point, I was like, hmm, 24, 25. And yes, I'm Mexican. And yes, I've lived in California my whole life, but I had never really experienced or researched or done anything Day of the Dead related because to me, like Halloween was dressing up as Cinderella and going to Disneyland. So, right? So that was kind of the impetus for me to start researching this whole ritual and everything that came through it. And it really kind of spoke to me as a writer that a lot of this, this holiday, this ritual is rooted in storytelling because the whole point is for you to sit around your ofrenda or sit around someone's gravesite or sit around in your home and remember these people remember where you come from tell the familial stories really take that time to meditate and pass it on until we did start building our own familial ofrenda and we've done it off and on for the past five or six years primarily after my grandmother passed away so we started doing them as a way to honor her because my mom has a million siblings and we have lots of cousins to put the pictures up we put the flowers up every year it's a little bit different every year we take it in a different kind of theme or style just to kind of express what we're feeling that year and this year is a big year for me I have kind of been putting it off putting my offense up but it's getting to the point where I have to do it now or it's not going to get done because this year is the first year that my father is not with us and so we have been slowly gathering things and getting stuff ready to have this moment of meditation and remembrance while we put up the ofrenda for him it's become more of a internal reflection as I'm getting older versus just storytelling and keeping the stories going. Mm-hmm. It's me more of a reflection thing on how I'm moving through his transition and transitioning through my waking life. So I think for different generations and different ages, yes, it starts off as like sugar skeletons for little kids and then dressing up for teenagers and young adults. But and as we get older, the the meaning and the reflection and, and what it actually, where that space actually inhabits in your brain and in your soul, I think shifts and changes. When the more interesting things for me learning about this holiday is is where it kind of falls as we keep moving forward i don't know where i was going with that no that's <laughs> fine that's that's beautiful i that was so awesome i just didn't i didn't want to interrupt so at this point in time um and i won't start that way it sounds like an asshole move okay um because <laughs> Although time has passed for us, we it hasn't passed for them. So I'm assuming, like, yeah. oh, hey, uh, your, your dad, I'm just going to like not acknowledge that. You know, I got to be fucking, you know, like what a dick. 
And they know I'm a dick, dick, but that's a different level. She of got all shell touchy feely. Yeah, like, it's like, you know. Sidestep that shit. I know we're all laughing. <laughs> Fuck. Thanks a lot. You like painted me into a corner. I gotta, I gotta finesse my way out of this shit. It's a challenge. I'm up for it. <laughs> all right. That's a beautiful story. I'm glad you shared. I really do appreciate not only giving us the information, but taking it to a personal level. Do you think it'll progress <laughs> to the point where everything will be on, on screen? I feel like it's got to progress again, especially with this new era of pandemic where everything's very silent. There's no live music. You're not interacting with your normal uh, social or you know family groupings. It's like an eerie blanket of quiet. It's great that social media and Zoom and stuff has made it easier to connect with people. There's not that spark of life in it. One of the saddest things about this time, but also one of the most interesting things about this time, because we're finding as species that we do still need to connect, being with each other, remembering each other. Yes, I think social media is going to play a big part in evolving this holiday and creating these time capsules and creating these snippets and moments of people's lives that we can go back and remember. But I think there's still going to be this need to commiserate with each other if it evolves over social media if people are creating these virtual ofrendas by all means do it but don't ever discount the energy flow between human beings when you start to discount how important it is to relate to one another to be aware of one another having an, an open conversation with the people around you regardless of holidays or whatever's going on i think is one of the most important things that we as humans and storytellers can do is to create the conversation because once we stop talking then it dies that third death and it's not there anymore. I'd like to thank everybody to come into Vanessa's TED Talk. Thank you. She's yeah, she's <laughs> It is so true. I'm a very modest person. Yes, you. And, yes. By, and, and my group of friends, <laughs> you are the most modest person I think I have ever met. You are so quiet sometimes I don't even know you're in the room. I just want to say <laughs> I'm the best at being so modest. <laughs> I always look down the road when I go, like when I'm 102, because I want to hit triple digits at very minimum. So oh, yeah. past 100, when I'm still out and jogging and doing my thing. Yeah, I won't be. I don't even jog now. When I'm still out and doing my thing at triple digits, I just want to be remembered in some way. And you kind of wonder, in what way are they going to remember you? What generation is going to say your name for the last time? I believe the purpose of life is just to collect things. That's all we do. We collect things. We collect <laughs> memories. We collect people. Trade them and pass them. Need it, got it, got it, need it. When do you wonder that is going to happen? Oh, that's a tough question. So I don't have uh, children. I don't have a husband. You hear that, <laughs> some, guys? Some little thing in the back of my brain ever since I started writing is like, you need to get your name in the Library of Congress. Yes. Because once you publish something and you're in the Library of Congress, you're alive forever. Done. Because someone will always be able to look you up. Mm-hmm. So that is my goal to get something actually published by a reputable publisher to be listed in the Library of Congress uh, in whatever way that I have been be writing. That is my lifetime goal so that I know that my name will always be out there in the world for people to find so that I will never suffer that third death. Ooh, that third death. Ooh. Wow, that, <laughs> that's that was... My, that's my legacy. <laughs> that's, that's hard hitting. You just like, you nailed it. Totally bringing this show to a level of adulthood that I wasn't planning on. <laughs> well, I, I, on, on that note, okay, so on that note, you had asked me earlier in the week while we were talking about planning this, this get-together, uh-huh. 
what what you should call your listener. Oh. And I had been racking my brain from the most absurd things to like little ghosties. Oh god. Um, <laughs> to the most banal things. For like... the record, for the record, I I don't like the word <laughs> ghost, and I use it and I throw it in there every once in a while, but I I don't like that word. It just sounds so cheesy. To it say. sounds very like 1950s Scooby Doo cartoon. Yeah, it's like oh, there's a ghost oh. in my house, but I mean I don't know what else to call it. I'll think of a name. One day, but a present, just, just know a when. I, well, uh, just because uh, <laughs> you don't really know if it is a person, you don't really know if it is a ghost, but you know that something's happening. You know, so you just throw the word ghost in there. Just, to, but just know, everybody, all my listeners, just know that whenever I say ghost, I do cringe a little bit. <laughs> so, oh, ghosties. I was racking. I vetoed. was racking my brain like little ghosties. Nah, he's gonna veto that one. No, yep, veto. Uh, listeners, that sounds too generic. It is generic. They deserve uh, more. Sisters, that's a way to makeup channel. Did you say um, sisters? Yes. There's a there's a there's, I, a, there's I have... a YouTuber out there who calls their their sisters i have male um, I, one i have male listeners and two you can't assume anybody's gender exactly so like that's not right and yeah, um, last night when i was going through my research pulling up some synonyms drum roll please i came across the word raconteurs raconteurs by definition are storytellers of small anecdotes which is exactly what you ask your listeners to do to give you their stories <laughs> so i thought raconteurs is <laughs> the best way to categorize your humble brag listeners i do like that it sounds perfect for my listeners but it sounds too highbrow for me to say <laughs> but, but it it does that does sound really good. I do like that. We, we'll, we'll uh we'll let the listeners decide. Hey, how do you guys want to be referred to? I'll put it to a vote. Instagram it vote. All I'm gonna say is that there's a yes or no vote on Instagram. I'm not even gonna put what it is because if you're on my Instagram and you don't listen, you don't know what the vote's about. But if you do listen, exactly. you'll know what the vote is about, and that's what you'll Come be on, called from people. now on. It's interactive. What the fuck more do you want? It's interactive. Yeah, I like. They're gonna say in it too. Well done. Well done. Right? Yeah. See, I'm not just a pretty face. Exactly. And I thought you were. And then you're dropping all kinds of knowledge on me. And I'm like, fuck. When can I be a smart ass? I can't. It's so hard. You're like, well, day of the dead, and this happened, and this happened. You're like, oh crap. I don't know how to get out in this. Um, it's great to know. Everybody should practice this and read more about it. Check it out. Definitely dive deep. Don't... I know this is this is kind of shallow research, but Wikipedia has some really great sources. If you go all the way to the reference part at the very bottom of it. <laughs> You start clicking on the sources tabs of the Wikipedia articles about like Jose Posada or Day of the Dead or like Athena, any of the buzzy words, um, you'll start to really like deep dive into some really interesting mythology, which is really cool. Oh, there's tons of places you can find libraries online, <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica is online. <laughs> which, yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. I, you know what? I thought they were gone. Apparently not. I'm See, still there. There is no third I'm death for Encyclopedia Britannica. No, they're, they're hanging on by their teeth. You know, and there is no third death for the guy on the commercial. I don't know why I'm bringing him back in here, but there's no third death from him either because I we mentioned it. Unfortunately, That's still living. your dream. <laughs> the Library of Congress. It's not going to happen through this show. So they don't you give know. a shit who I am. And I'll never be there. 
So I can't help you with your third with your third death, and you cannot help me with mine because I. You know what though? You are helping me because this is gonna go on my uh, my my entertainment bio resume. <laughs> oh, that's so great! Oh, that is, and they'll call me up, and I'm like, I don't know who she is. She, I don't know she, she is. I deleted um, that episode. I... It brought too many people down. <laughs> people were saying, "No, it's a great episode. I love this because you have the good and the bad. You have the comedy, you have the sorrow, and this is all one big pile of that. And I I'm loving this to death. Yeah, you know, just remember the guy that gave you guys this because a hundred years from now when I'm gone and the grandkids are like hey did you know great great grandpa said fuck he said it often here listen to this and, and he said it loud yeah he said it loud and you know they're like he's not even funny why do you stop subscribing yeah. to that show it's over <laughs> and then I'll haunt the humble brag. then I'll haunt <laughs> And then yeah. it's full circle. Yeah, it's full circle. Like it. We got to go back into uh, how are you going to set up your... How do you say it in Spanish? I don't want to fuck it uh, up. The old lady's out oh, here, so I need somebody else. Say ofrenda. Ofrenda? Like an, like an offering. Ofrenda. Ofrenda. Mm-hmm. Ofrenda. Ofrenda. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. A good joke. Thanks. <laughs> and next time somebody says, well, you're not funny. I'm like, I know four people who think so, including me. About the whole hand. Yeah, exactly. Almost. I can make it work without the thumb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for these jokes. It is. I haven't it really finished is. my coffee yet. I'm too sober. <laughs> I haven't finished my coffee yet. <laughs> I had like two cups and that's not enough. So how are you setting up your... Ofrenda? There you go. That's a very good question because I have yet to dig the stuff out of the garage. I think this year we're going to set it up by the end of today. I will be posting pictures on my social. Um, and you guys where? are more than welcome to follow me on IG. Sassy's Feeling Crafty. That's E-I-I. No, I don't even know how to spell my own name. <laughs> it's okay. Jesus. Stop that. Reverse it. Rewind it. <laughs> oh, that's the part you want me to cut out. Yeah, that's the part. You start over again if you want. <laughs> You went an hour and 18 minutes not fucking up, and then you only fucked up when you came to your name. Exactly, because I don't ever spell my name. I'm keeping that. You're more than welcome to. I'm human after all. You can follow me at Sassy's Feeling Crafty. That's S-E-S-S-I-E-S underscore feeling underscore underscore crafty on Instagram. That's where I post most of my crafty things, jewelry making, paper craft, stuff that I do around the house. And that's where my pictures of the altar will be probably later this week. Yeah, and I've seen her goods. Um, but that sounded dirtier than I meant it. I oh, I just, I've seen <laughs> I've seen what she has to show. That wasn't better either. No, try again. Try again. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's too strange. I looked at it. More. Okay. I looked at her I, her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it. That's, we'll that's as comfortable we'll as it. I can get. People were like, God, what does it take to get on a show? Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not we got, a lot. We we're almost there. I'm low maintenance. All you got to do is like send an email and like, hey, dude, I want to call you. And that's it. Oh. Oh, I got it. You said you wanted a hometown haunt. Oh, I'd love a hometown haunt. Go for it. I. It's not much of a haunt. Oh, that's even um, better. But it was. Let's see which which hometown haunt am I going to give you? That's a Do good you question. Want... Dealer's choice. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with high school home. I was living in a town in Southern California called Lake Elsinore. We had a home at the top of a hill, which was also at the base of a canyon. When we bought the house, we bought it from this couple who did not live in the house for long. And the story goes, the husband was always on the road trucking, and the wife was always home alone. <laughs> and they had no kids, but they felt that they needed to move somewhere closer to her family so she could feel more comfortable while her husband was working 
I was like, okay, well, it's nice. When we walked through the house, I noticed that there were two bedrooms, one painted blue and one painted pink. Hmm. No kids to be found. Everything went well. We moved into the house. And then all of a sudden, we started hearing noises. I fully believe that there was a presence of a small girl or a small child living in the upstairs hallway because there were multiple instances. We all be sitting down in the living room and all of a sudden we hear running up and down the hallway, running up and down the stairs, balls being like bounced down the hallway, but nobody was upstairs. We were all downstairs. The doors would sound like they were slamming, but they were all held open by doorstop. So this little girl, we think was a little girl, primarily lived upstairs and she also liked to take, she was kind of a, the reason we think she was a little girl is because she was kind of a magpie. She'd like to take some of my jewelry or CDs or shiny things out of the bathroom and then hide them in this hat box that I had in my room that was full of like old trinkets. And she'd take them and then she'd hide them and I wouldn't find it for months. But she was not malevolent. It just felt like someone who needed to play. Does that make any sense? I think it's um, a little offensive to say she lived upstairs when she's not living. It's like, wait a minute. No, no, I don't think, I don't think it's offensive because that kind of where she was, there was one or two times where I would hear like the door to the garage, the door from the garage to the backyard slam open and close. It's probably because she's back and said she was living upstairs. Oh, well, maybe. But, you know, I had to live upstairs too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this this is a house. We can't, we can't all choose where we live. That's so true. This, this is a house you lived in, but it, mm-hmm. it's also famous for being haunted? No, it's just a house that I lived in. Oh, is the Hobbs Town Hall to be famous? Well, yeah. I mean, well, I, just, I know the so, parameters of this game. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's something that everybody can say, oh, I've been there. Oh, I, oh I've heard of that. That, which will be really That's fine. good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, pal, you weren't clear, okay? Um, you weren't clear. You said that would be your hometown. Fair enough. <laughs> How's the lady doing? She's doing good. She is downstairs eating breakfast without me. Is she is she a fan or after the second episode she's, she's like this guy says fuck too much? Definitely a fan of well. She knows she she actually she's really cute. I told her last night I was gonna have this interview with you. And then she's like, Oh, okay, that sounds exciting. So I woke up this morning. I went to bed at one o'clock and so she woke me up at eight fifty by calling me on my cell phone even though she was in the next room. Nice. <laughs> she goes, nice. Vanessa, you gotta get up. You have an interview at 9.30. Yes. Yes. It is all about your podcast. That is the best compliment. What's good content. Oh, that is so awesome. That That is a huge compliment. For a Mexican mom to say, get out of bed, this is important, that right there is the Oscar that I've been uh, waiting for. You have definitely a fan of Well, I, um, is she available to say hello or... Uh, let me go see if she will say hello. Okay. Give me a second. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear? Good morning. Is this lady? How are you? This is. I am doing fine. It is so nice to talk to you. Thank you very much for listening to How's It Haunting. Yeah, well, your your little show there kind of scared me the first time, so I, I haven't really listened to it since, <laughs> but did she tell you about the battery issue? She did not. Didn't tell you? No. I was listening to your show, and I put it on pause because, you know, nature was calling. I had to go potty, mm-hmm. and didn't realize that there was a remote control on my lap, so I got up to go, 
the remote control kind of exploded on me. Oh, wow. And I lost the batteries on the remote control. And so I decided it was because of your spooky spot podcast. <laughs> and so as a result, I haven't listened since. Not, not well, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> it was all the spooky juju you sent my way. I, I'm sorry that happened, but in a way I'm not because I'll be remembered and it'll get you to come back. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's how, that's how we do. We, we we send it out. Something bad happens. We're like that podcast is the blame. You know, the only way to fix this is if you keep listening. We keep listening. We keep there listening. you go. Because if not, it, it's you're just going to have batteries doing. I can just, yeah, yeah, weird things. Weird we, things are going to be falling off my lap and disappearing. Is that what you're saying? We take no responsibility, <laughs> but we take all the responsibility. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, it's very sweet. I am so glad you listened. Thank you very much. And the fact that you woke her up this morning is like, you got to get up because you have, that's, yeah, you know. I do it with love, Chris. I do it with love. You are the number one raconteur. Oh my goodness. Yes. You are, the you are number one. Number one. So you have to listen. To the, you have to finish the episode. You have to finish episode one, move on to number two, and we'll wow. do our best to keep it going and keep it entertaining for you. That's all I need is entertainment in my life. Well, you got it. 20 minutes a week at a time. Look no further. You have a good rest of your day. You have the best day possible. Thank you you very much for listening yeah. i truly appreciate it and it was very very nice talking to you it was nice talking to you too i gotta get back to my movie marathon i'm watching baseball movies today so very good thank you you have a good day bye-bye you too bye-bye she is just too sweet she really is though she is i can tell that is so cool <laughs> I, I really do appreciate that that's going in all right you made it lady <laughs> oh, you hit the big time that's it <laughs> Yeah, once 50 you, listeners. Once you get 50 when, downloads. 51. 51. 51. <laughs> yes. I never thought that my podcast would hit 50 before I did. Right. Isn't that crazy? That is so weird for me. I appreciate it. Thank and you very much for everything. Anytime, you know. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Vanessa, for your time and information. I really appreciate it. And thank you for coming back to another episode of How's It Haunting. Coming soon, we have part two of Lena's Haunted House, along with your stories. And if you want to submit a story, how's it haunting at gmail.com or how's it haunting on Instagram, how's it haunting on Twitter. Submit all of your paranormal stories. It doesn't have to be about ghosts. Any and all paranormal stories that you want to submit, because I always want to ask you... How's it on?